Welcome to the Good Life Central Oregon podcast, where we pursue the good life by helping you pursue yours. And a quick thank you goes out to our sponsor, Remax Revolution and Sisters. Remax is the number one real estate company in the world, and Remax Revolution offers new solutions for better results. Go to ilovecentraloregon.com to find out more. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2015. What a trip, huh? Uh, If you're listening to this, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Good Life Central Oregon podcast. We are entering our second year, and uh, I'm so excited. The first year, which was last year, of course, uh, I've got to meet a lot of extraordinary people and hear their stories and share them with you. Uh, what a ride that's been. I've got so many nuggets of wisdom that I'm trying to apply to my life today and every day. Um, and I hope you have been doing so as well. Uh, to, right now is the best time to start making some plans and changes to improve uh, the way your life has been going and uh, to help you get out of that proverbial mud. Whether you need a nudge or a toe, uh, some of the people that we've been talking to and hearing from have done exactly that. And their wisdom can help you and me uh, find a better path in our lives. Uh, And it's not because this is the new year and uh, we're part of the resolution crowd. Um, I'm proud to say the only New Year's resolution I've ever kept is to make no more New Year's resolutions. That is because the, the perfect day to get started is not yesterday, it's not tomorrow, it's today. Uh, if there's something that you know that you want to change, if there's something that you know you want to improve upon, now is the time. Not Monday, not, not the day after uh, vacation ends, not the day uh, that your diet is completed. Now. We start now. Um, so let's do a little recap of the year in review with all the people that we met last year and heard their stories. Um, the very first one, um, young man, uh, spent a lot of time with a guitar in his hands and his, uh, his interview was specific to music, but there are a lot of wonderful lessons that can be applied to our daily life. Whether you play guitar or not, these are things that would help us understand and from someone of a young age, uh, someone, I, I can't say that someone handed him the golden ticket. He found it. He figured out the, the method, and it was spending time with a guitar in his hands. Uh, let me introduce you, reintroduce you to Hobbs from Hobbs the Band. Uh, here is just an excerpt from the interview that we had. I still remember a story about uh, that my mother tells me is probably one of the most important things I've ever heard. You know, growing up in the in the Panhandle, uh, in ranch culture. Um, the women typically didn't get to do all of the stuff that the men did horseback, especially on the ranch. And, and, um, one example of that is roping. You know, the women never really got to rope off a horseback or wasn't sort of culturally accepted. And, you know, my mom, when she was a little girl, she, you know, she wanted to be a cowboy when she grew up, not a cowgirl, but a cowboy. Mm -hmm. I guess that tells you something about sort of the, uh, the lineage from which you spawn from, I guess. (laughs) And, and, and also sort of, uh, uh, gender roles at that point in time in, in in the Panhandle of Texas, and so she would always ask. I don't know how old she was, probably a teenager or something like that. She would always say, 
dad, teach me how to rope off horseback. Can I, can I rope off horseback? And he'd say, no, no, you can't, you can't do it. And, and she'd say, you know, let me do it. Let me do it. And he'd say, no, no, let's, let's not. And then, you know, sometime would pass and she'd say it again. And after a while, he finally just got tired of her asking. He said, Nancy, if you'd wanted to do it bad enough, you'd already done it. And, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, that's, that was an amazing lesson. And, uh, that's, that's something that's always really stuck with me. And the truth of the matter is no matter what it is, if you want to do it bad enough, you'll do it. You know, you'll make the necessary sacrifices to do it. You know, that's, if, if one thing, if your, if your goal is to accomplish this one thing, if you have a primary driver, then nothing else really matters. My second guest on the Good Life Central Oregon podcast was a, uh, a wonderful lady named uh, Amanda Benson, who is the tasting guru, the tasting goddess of Deschutes Brewery, uh, which is the largest brewery in Central Oregon and one of the largest in in um, in Oregon and therefore one of the largest in uh, the nation as well as far as craft beer goes. And she is the uh, lucky individual who gets to uh, help other people learn how to taste better as well as doing some quality control. And we spent some time with her learning how to properly taste and understand beer. Uh, and some of you are might be thinking, well, I don't really like beer. I like wine. I like whatever. And, you know, the, the point with this interview specifically was for those beer geeks like myself who really enjoy the flavors and, and understanding that. But more importantly, for those of you, uh, for everyone out there, I should say, just having a better understanding of our senses, uh, whether it's something that we can see, hear, touch, and specifically in this example, taste, it makes our life richer. And if our life is richer, then I would hypothesize that our life can be better, hence the good life in Central Oregon. So I invite you to listen to this uh, podcast. We also did a video with her on how to properly taste beer, but just understanding the process of of experiencing something in a new way that opens up avenues that we've never experienced before. Here's a little uh, excerpt from that uh, podcast episode with Amanda Benson. When people ask me, like, how do I get better at tasting? Well, usually I give them, you know, you, you can only pick up so much, so many different attributes, and then after that, either you can or you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the thing that I, the best advice I can give them is just to try a whole bunch of different beers and... Um, See what you pick up, you know, not just to pick it up and drink it and say, oh, I like this or I don't, but maybe then just start thinking about, well, what did I like about that beer? What were the, some of the characteristics I could pick it up? Um, you know, how did it compare to a different beer that I had yesterday or last week or whatever? What yep. are the similarities? What are the differences? Um, basically, and, practice. Well, and if you really wanted to to test this out, one of the things, um, you know, like we did in your class, and I've, I've certainly done it at home, but, you know, I'm... I'm I'm not the, the average beer drinker. Um, you know, take two beers side by side and compare them, even two of a similar style. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take a Baltic Porter from Brewery X and a Baltic Porter from Brewery Y and you compare them side by side, that, that can reveal a lot more. And I think one of the things that, that you talked about in your class that we took was, you know, a lot of, those, a lot of people can taste those flavors, especially if they're slowing down and paying attention. The next step is to try and name those flavors. Mm-hmm. And I was particularly excited about this uh, next guest, Mickey McFadden, a good friend of mine uh, from Sisters. Uh, not only uh, 
was she a volleyball Olympian, but she was also a sand volleyball pioneer. I think back then they called it beach volleyball because it was only played on the beach. Now it's called sand volleyball because you can play it in the sand anywhere. But she was a pioneer of women's volleyball and uh, pretty much of women's sports. Um, uh, but she has become a coach uh, and and just recently, this past November of 2014, uh, coached her high school team to the uh, national champion, or excuse me, uh, the state championships for Oregon. Kudos to her team and, and uh, her successes there as well. But it's nice to see that not only was she a player, but she was a, a successful coach as well. And what a wonderful insight that she has into the idea of competitiveness and drive and passion and, and also, um, as she's gotten older, she's learned how to not dwell on those things that she can't have anymore. She's focusing on those things that she does have. But here's a little, uh, little teaser from Mickey. If you don't have it in you, I can't beat it out of you. Yeah. I can, I can push you a little, um, but then I have to kind of look and say, hmm, was that enough? Was that well, not enough? You can stoke the fire, but you can't start right, the fire. Right. Yeah. Got to have it. I just believe that very strongly. You know, the, the people that, ex, that succeed uh, to the top, top level, they have to have an inner drive that you can't, you can't make. It's just there. And they, they say to you, hey, I want this. And you say, okay, here you go. Send them in the right direction, find them a good coach, you know, tell them how to do it, and they're going to go do it. Well, Central Oregon has also become quite a hub for what I would formally refer to as uh, beach sports, hence sand volleyball. Uh, there's even people who surf in the uh, waves in the canals. Um, but stand-up paddling and outrigger paddling have uh, have a very secure spot in Central Oregon life these days as well. And uh, we owe a lot of that to uh, the work of a couple people who have a business called Kialoa. Uh, they are paddle makers for dragon boating, outrigger, and now stand-up paddling. The story that I understand is that they had a, uh, a little bit of a hand in helping facilitate the sport, or at least uh, the, the, the folks who were uh, pioneering the reintroduction of stand-up paddling to the world also recruited uh, Dave and Meg Chun of Kealoa Paddles to be a part of that uh, rebirth of stand-up paddling. Um, they have an, a wonderful story that uh, you know they both came here from Hawaii. They left what uh, a lot of us believe to be paradise and came here instead for some very good reasons, uh, similar reasons why I ended up here in Central Oregon and many, many, many others. Um, but they are part of the uh, force that is bringing water sports and beach culture to Central Oregon. And uh, I had a wonderful time getting to know them and hearing their story and their insights, not only on Central Oregon, on, on paddling, um, but just the, the joy, the design, the, um, the uh, desire to constantly improve and move forward. Here is Dave Chun from Kealoa Paddles. Along with a lot of the great successes we've had with some certain paddle models, we've also had a, a lot of things that didn't really sell that well, or you could call them as failures. And it's kind of like the Tesla Edison approach to design, which is, you know, um, my failures kind of teach me as much as my successes, you know. And you just have to have a, a thick, you just have to have thick skin and you just have to, you know, persevere when things don't always work out. Hmm. Drop it, move on to something next. 
Yeah, or just reintroduce it in a few years. They'll, they'll they just go wait for them to catch up. Sometimes <laughs> that maybe, happens. Maybe you're ahead of the curve and you That's, have to hold that. On actually to that actually has that, happened. That, that has happened. And yeah. it, it, it's okay, you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, you, in some ways you can't take it personal. I mean, you, you, uh, designers, we talk about our passion for what we do. At, at the other, other side of it is, you know, hey, look, man, the, you just got to let it go. You know, it is not, they're not making a personal judgment about you. They're just saying, I don't like this thing. And it might be, I don't like it right now. My next guest on the Good Life Central Oregon podcast is a good friend of mine uh, and somewhat of a mentor to many, many people as a gentleman by, uh, by the name of Tate Metcalf. He owns Sisters Athletic Club in Sisters, Oregon, um, but that's uh, only part of his story. He's, he's been a mentor and a fitness guide to many people, uh, often quoted in the uh, media, newspapers. We, uh, we had a nice conversation about fitness, about athleticism, uh, and especially we dove into the topics about the athlete swagger or the mojo or um, just that uh, that confidence that uh, people are instilled with by waking up and pushing themselves. That And that's not to say that uh, we were speaking specifically to athletes. We were speaking to anyone and everyone in general. For those people who just waking up in the morning and walking into the gym is a big triumph. We're talking to those people as well. Uh, but Tate has a wonderful story about uh, about the value of fitness, the value of athletics that uh, that contributes to the mental health uh, beyond the physical health as well. And then we finished off the conversation with uh, a story about a young man who grew up in Central Oregon, uh, was a a track athlete for Tate as uh, Tate was uh, coaching uh, one of the local high schools. And this young man uh, grew up uh, without a father, single mom at home, uh, showed up uh, with a little bit of talent, needed some guidance, uh, and Tate uh, became not only a mentor, but uh, one one could say somewhat of a father figure. Uh, Tate and this young man remain very close friends to this day. But this young man uh, had a lot of success in the track field in high school, his senior year, Tate talked him into trying the decathlon, um, and he had success with that. Moved on to University of Oregon, became an Oregon Duck, and ran track there, and was extremely successful there. Uh, went on to uh, break a world record, and in the last Olympics in London, uh, became the gold medalist and the best athlete in the world. That young man's name is Ashton Eaton, and Tate, who was his coach, his mentor, uh, shares with us a story about that as well. And now we have a clip from Tate's interview. The main hurdle or barrier is psychological. So yes. Getting through the door. And just showing up. Yeah, and that's just it. You know, people think, oh, I don't want to be in a class because those people are all experts at it. It's like, well, you could be sitting next to a brand new person uh, or next to someone that has been doing it for 15 years, but no one's going to judge you. You know, no, no one's going to come in like, oh, well, Jeremy is a super stud swimmer and he's going to think down on me because I can't swim like him. It's not like that at all. The beautiful thing about athletics and this, this lifestyle is everyone's supportive. You mm-hmm. know, we're not in competition with, with each other. We're supportive of each other. Uh, and I know that's easy for me to say uh, and hard for other people if they're not in this world to understand it. But just got to take that leap of faith. If it's that important to you to, you know, change for a healthy or better reason, you got to take that first step. And then my next guest on the Good Life Central Oregon podcast has a friend of mine named Brent McGregor. 
Uh, Brent is a is an inspiration to me. A very interesting story. I've always been fascinated um, from what I've uh, the more I've learned from him. But he's uh, become a notable wildlife and wildland photographer. He's also um, quite a woodcarver with some very interesting stories of his uh, career there. Um, but this man uh, also sleeps outside virtually every day of the year. He does admit that he takes a couple weeks off when he sleeps inside, but he he does sleep outside uh, every year. You know, he can rack up a, a ton of uh, bag nights for those of you who are into backpacking. But and that, but the uh, the more compelling story here with Brent is that uh, it was later later on in his years after many people would have retired and slowed down and headed to the golf course is when he finally decided he wanted to begin mountaineering. And after a decade of that, he began caving. Um, and after quite a few years of that, he uh, and his partners uh, discovered uh, some of the most unique and largest caves uh, ever known in the U.S. It was such a notable thing that even his partner has given TED Talks on the subject. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it was a fascinating person to interview. Uh, and this is Brent McGregor. It, <clears throat> this feeling that I have, it doesn't really end after finishing a climb. It's like there's, there's those rare times when my senses seem to all come together, a sense of sight and smell, taste, hearing. Um, everything just seems to, to gel together uh, when you're in a place that's so beautiful or, or so striking that it just it stays in your mind you know, for, for years, if not for your life. And uh, <clears throat> like we were talking earlier, it just leaves me really, really feeling peaceful and content. Um, it seems like if more people could connect with more of a basic level of the earth and not get so tied up in, in all of the material things and all of the rush, hustle and bustle, that we would, um, we'd have a lot more balanced, happy lives. And Greg Bridges of Eager Beaver Surf Company uh, here in Central Oregon. Uh, yes, you heard me. Greg is also from uh, from my neighborhood down south. Uh, we both grew up surfing and and spending a lot of time in the water. But and both moved to Central Oregon. His path was a, of particular interest of how he got here. Uh, but these days, you'll find him teaching not only uh, teaching in the classroom uh, with students, but he also teaches people how to build their own wooden boards and kayaks and stand up paddle boards. His take on living the good life has a lot to do with of action, of, of building something that's your own and feeling the difference, that, that richness that we talked about uh, in episode two with tasting beer. You may never build your own board, but just understanding that richness that adds to our lives. Um, these are a lot of the things that we talked about. Uh, but here is a clip from Greg Bridges of Eager Beaver Surf Company. And he was never planning to go to college. And I've kind of, you know, said, hey, you can do whatever you want. You can... If you find a certain path in life, you can take it. It's your choice. And I'm honored to reintroduce my next guest, Jay Mather, is a uh, local photographer uh, who also uh, has the honor of earning the Pulitzer Prize in photography. He was the man who decades ago shot images of the killing fields in Cambodia and brought that whole uh, nightmare of world history to the surface. Jay and I had a pretty candid conversation about his experiences in Cambodia and experiencing some of the worst aspects of what humanity has to offer. But then we lightened things up and started talking about 
the uh, art and ballet and music and the folk festival here in Sisters and, and really examining some of the finer points of what humanity has to offer and his insights that he's learned. A very, very humble, wonderful man and who has a lot of stories to tell. And this is a, a little clip from the interview with Jay Mather. One of the major lessons I learned is that on a project that big, you really have to trust serendipity. Because whatever I tried to do, if I went down there with specific goals in mind, and uh, it rarely worked out, but something always better seemed to pop up. And once you embrace that and incorporate that concept of serendipity into your, it's almost like another lens in your bag that if you just open your mind up and allow um, the free flow of events and without you trying to ordain things, it usually works out better. And this next guest is also a good friend of mine uh, and a brother to an earlier guest that uh, we spoke to. Uh, This guest is Dennis McGregor. We had a nice conversation about his take on on music and art and um, being around communities that foster that. Um, I'm especially impressed and, and, um, and, and learned so much from Dennis because he's a man who was an artist by nature and an entrepreneur by necessity. Uh, here's a man who stayed true to those things that, uh, that define him, those things that he loves to do and just found a way in uh, the most unlikely of places, a, a small town here in Central Oregon, where there was not much demand for art. There was no demand for music. But yet here was an artist and a musician uh, emerging uh, right before his eyes. And the impressive thing about Dennis is he found a way to make it happen. And he shares his insights on how that story evolved. Here's a clip from Dennis McGregor's interview. I I would hope that every person, whatever their interests are, would find that in some way, you know, uh, the, the find that in some way being that being a community a community of yeah. like-minded people that because something bigger than any one person happens in that situation that's really beneficial and joyful in life and you know humans are herd animals mm-hmm. and they get together and special things happen with with groups of people and the energy they bring together uh, you know from churches to clubs to any kind of organization but when you have a specific interest and you get together you know good things happen and preston thompson uh our next guest on the good life center oregon podcast has a an, again everyone has interesting stories uh, and preston's is no different but his is exceptional in its own right because here was uh long ago a young man was building a very specific guitars for a particular niche in the guitar playing world Um, and he left it and he went on to uh, a short career that before he knew it spanned 20 years and uh, next thing he knows there's a lot of buzz online there's a lot of people asking about those guitars that he made 20 years prior and, and how they've stood the test of time and what quality and what uh, particular sounds that these amazing guitars uh, were being known for. And so he re-enters the guitar building world. Um, 
Preston Thompson of Thompson Guitars, uh, based here in Central Oregon, is an exceptional story uh, with exceptional guitars. Uh, these guitars are some of the best in the world, and even some of these guitars have amazing stories in their own right as well. The compelling aspect of the story was just how he was doing something that he loved, and he stepped aside out of necessity and uh, and finally found his way back to that thing that he loved and is doing it uh, now as we speak. Uh, wonderful story. Uh, wonderful sounding guitars. We did a little video on uh, on his guitars and, and even got him playing one of the guitars as well. So I hope you enjoy that as, uh, as well as you listen. But uh, here's Preston and a little clip from that interview. And you really, in a way, you just can't give up. You just have to, you may have to, you know, like you said, take that different road for a while. Mm-hmm. But if, if you love something and, and, and you want to you wanna be a part of it, you, you keep going back to it or it draws you back. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that's 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 one of the main things is don't don't ignore it. Uh, you know, you may not be able to just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean it can always pay the bills or it can, it, you know, is always even um, you know uh, realistic to pursue it all the time. But you keep a part of it in you, and you keep a part yeah. of yourself associated with it. And I first met this next guest on my podcast when he entered the room shortly after my wife delivered our first child. He was uh, our pediatrician for our two children, um, and we got to know him pretty well uh, through that. Next thing we know, he is leaving the practice and opening up a business. He's he's going from being a physician with a what many would would, uh, deem to be a steady job, being a physician, and, and he leaves that to go open up a business. That business is Zippity.com. The physician is Rick Cudahy. He started Zippity.com partly because he was tired of seeing uh, the inefficiencies of the healthcare industry and uh, particularly in the communication between patients and physicians. And so he decided to do something about it. Uh, I have a wonderful interview uh, discovering his his route, his advice to uh, people who are students, uh, particularly med students, um, but also his tips on living the good life and his thoughts on the healthcare system as well. This is Dr. Rick Cudahy of Zippity.com. You know, sometimes that, that, that dream that you had, that, that energy that you made the decision with, uh, gets beat down a little bit. And so my thought, uh, and, and, and seeing people who have taken a, uh, a break during their training, and you know how grounded they are once they're practicing. It mm. seems like that is advantageous, uh, and it's not uh, a routine part of any of the curriculum. Uh, but I think it should be um, uh, not necessarily required, but the, do- the door should be open to that. And this next man has been a uh, prominent force in Central Oregon for quite some time, uh, particularly in the education system all throughout Central Oregon uh, and and uh, west of here uh, in Portland as well. A man who originally comes from uh, L.A. and has a has a story of growing up uh, in not the nicest of circumstances and therefore was not the nicest of people growing up, but uh, that has all turned around and he's made a tremendous impact on the education of children. Uh, this is superintendent of the Sisters School District, uh, Jim Golden. A uh, very interesting fellow. I uh, love to spend a lot of time outdoors, uh, which is part of the attraction to coming to Central Oregon. But uh, of particular fascination, we, we, we talked about so many different things, but particularly what it takes to 
in his opinion, what it takes to uh, educate children and, and some of the problems with our education system. And especially he gives his ideas and his thoughts about why we're constantly being compared to European or Chinese education and why those comparisons are not fair and not accurate and, and why we need to uh, understand that that is not an apples to apples comparison. Uh, he has a, uh, a great uh, history and a great uh, story to tell. And again, this is Superintendent Jim Golden in his, uh, this is a clip from his interview. Take every day because um, you, you don't know when, when you'll pass away. Um, so live every day um, and know that every day is, is just as important as every other day. So make the most of your life and do it by um, being good to people and doing the right thing. And what I mean by doing the right thing, which is kind of back to the lack of a better word, the golden rule, which is treat people like you want to be treated and actually Diff even more than that, that's what we call the platinum rule, which is treat people better than you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. and, and so be the role model of what treating people really well looks like and help people make a difference in the world. Gosh, there's enough negative people on this planet. Let's surround ourselves with positive people. So I define it as look for the good and praise it. Don't major in the minor and you'll get more of what you pay attention to. So if you look for the good and praise it and don't major in the minor, you're going to get more good. Yeah. So that's one of the way that that's not very articulate, but at least well, I think that was actually very articulate because you put it in, you wrapped it with a nice little bow at the end there. <laughs> oh, and this next guest that uh, we're going to hear from, uh, what an all star, and and I mean that literally. Um, very fortunate to spend as much time as I did with him. Um, he was so gracious, and we uh, spent uh, so much time talking that I turned this interview into two episodes because I couldn't cut any of it out, and it was we spent uh, quite a while talking. Uh, quick note, if you go listen to this interview, uh, please forgive me. I had some uh, audio challenges that day, to, to put it mildly, but um, we forged through and did what we needed to do, and we still got a tremendous story from Ken Rutgers and, um, and, and his tremendous insights uh, to share from his time on the gridiron playing for the Green Bay Packers, of having a Super Bowl ring, of starting a business, of mentoring, of being an author, and now being a... Uh, professor of sociology at a local college, and not to mention the loss of family members, uh, the ups and downs of it all. Uh, we, we cover so many topics, and his insights are so valuable. I hope you will go listen to his interview, what an impact he's made. Uh, this is a clip from Ken Rutgers. My hope is the impact will be the impact it makes on other people's lives. Um, I don't know why that um, feels important to me, maybe because people you know that somewhere along the line people have really greatly impacted me and I so appreciate you know when I was young what what and I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head but I just there were there were acts of kindness that other people showed me time that people gave me um, um, that influence that meant a lot to me and so to be able to to, uh, to to do the same for other people in the course of the journey of my own life and of course Gosh, that, that continues to change as well. I think I, most recently, um, you know, a, a, a paradigm shifter for me has been the death of my son. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, who um, died in a motorcycle accident about a year and a half ago at the age of 24. I was um, unexpected, um, you know, tragedy. <clears throat> and it really, um, for both my wife and I and, and our, and, you know, his sisters, our daughters, had 
really changed um, the way you see life. I mean, when something like that happens, it, it something that tragic to lose a, a son. I didn't think there was much that could be worse than losing a mom at eight years old, but man, losing a, losing 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 my son um, in that tragedy, that sudden that sudden moment. Um, yeah, you start asking yourself questions. You start seeing the world a little bit different. And once again, this next guest is also a good friend of mine, uh, and I asked her to be on the podcast because she has such a tremendous story. Um, uh, she became a very notable chef in Central Oregon, uh, but it was where she started and what she had to go through to get to that point that was so inspiring and uh, so interesting. The quick story is she was a child of hippie parents that uh, spent a lot of their time homeless in Hawaii. And she found a way out of that situation and traveled the world and studied with some of the best chefs in the world and has become a tremendous chef and entrepreneur in her own right. What a wonderful story. And we also did a, a video uh, to share one of her favorite simple, healthy, and absolutely delicious recipes on the episode as well. I hope you'll watch the video. And I, we're both very proud of it. And I hope you'll listen to her podcast uh, and this is Rose Archer. There's always a way. If you don't have money to go to college or if you don't have money to go and pay for that experience, find another way. Uh, you know, there are people who wanted to go to TEDx and couldn't afford it. So they volunteered and they got to watch the whole entire thing mm. by volunteering. Find a way to get what you want if going straight through the front doors isn't happening for you. I did that by working under famous chefs, willing to take any position in their kitchen just to be around them, and then working as hard as I could to try to move up. It's about humbling yourself enough to start at the very bottom if that's what it takes. If you really want it, there's a way. It doesn't have to be about lack of funds or opportunity. There's a way. And when I can find the time and get my butt into gear and into the gym at the right time, uh, I can uh, share a swimming lane with uh, this next guest, Tom Landis. Uh, he and I are occasional training partners with a couple other fellows that we train with. Uh, but this, this man is faster than I am in the pool, but he's nearly twice my age. Uh, and this interview that we had, uh, he talks about the value of lifelong fitness of being a lifelong outdoorsman, of the insights to help someone achieve their goals despite obstacles of age and soreness and injury. Um, basically, there, there were no excuses. It's, uh, he, he shares the insights of his success and uh, especially juxtaposed with uh, him getting older. I hope you'll listen to this interview. This is with Tom Landis. Try and live your life in such a way that you don't look back and wish you'd taken a different course. I mean, we can all do that with specific events. Mm -hmm. But in our life, I mean, you've experienced this already. You go to yourself, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. You know, it might have been a job that you thought, I wonder if I can do this or not. Well, if I don't do it, I'm going to regret not trying. And maybe you discover that, well, no, the job's not for me. But at least I gave it a try. And if I hadn't at least tried it, I'd, I'd regret that. Mm -hmm. 
I met our next guest at a small European-style cafe in Central Oregon while watching the World Cup, and that is where we first got to know each other. Uh, this next episode is with Tim Neville, who leads an extraordinary lifestyle. He is a freelance writer and gets paid to travel the world and write stories about it. He uh, writes for publications such as Outside Magazine and Time uh, and many other publications as well. Uh, but in our interview, we talk about many things, including writing and the value of the written word, um, doubt, risk, uh, and the perception uh, that someone of his lifestyle would have to those of us who don't uh, travel and write for a living. More specifically, how he was able to find that path in life and how it all started with a broken heart in a very moldy tent. It's a wonderful story, and here's a clip from the interview with Tim Neville. You still have control of your own narrative, and I think seizing that and being like, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can under the circumstances. I think that's... That's a great way to put it. You could still grow a sunflower in a one-by-one square foot of grass. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, slowly make your you know, your area bigger or whatever, you know, yeah. but, but just realizing that, that your restraints don't have to restrain you. They can be what you work with. That's a, that's a great answer. Uh, I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if someone were to ask me which one of my podcast episodes thus far would be my favorite, I'd feel like I'd have to pick my favorite of, of, of my children. And uh, that wouldn't quite be fair. But that being said, this next episode was one of my favorites, um, just because of the uh, couple that I spoke to were so good at telling a story, and their story starts with such dismal and unbelievable low that one can imagine and, and climb to such tremendous heights. It's a story of broken people finding broken land and saving broken horses only to start helping broken people. The story uh, is of the Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch here in Central Oregon, and the people are Troy and Kim Meter. Such an exceptional uh, time uh, that I had with them. If you had to pick one interview to start with and only one, uh, I, I would urge you to choose this one. Um, this is Kim and Troy Meter, uh, and actually this next clip is uh, a little clip from Kim. They are men and women who have also survived horrific things. And they have an intimate understanding of what it means to be vulnerable and be harmed and the value of being protected. Those are the ones who stand in the gap and say, this far, no farther, not as long as I'm here. Those are the protectors. And I've known our next guest for quite some time, and uh, she has a wonderful story. Uh, she grew up in Central Oregon as well, uh, and she tells a story of being uh, of being a part of a youthful motorcycle gang, uh, but you'll have to listen to the podcast to hear that story. It was kind of humorous. But she tells a story of growing up, just enjoying the outdoors and finding volleyball and going to school and uh and finally becoming a uh, orthodontist. Uh, she is a doctor and uh, coming back and starting a business despite the recession, despite starting a family, despite uh, naysayers and forging ahead. And really, uh, I was particularly impressed that a lot of her insights and a lot of her um, 
mojo, if you will, uh, with starting a business and starting a medical practice of orthodontics. A lot of her experience and leadership comes from her time spent on the volleyball court. This is Dr. Blair Struble of Struble Orthodontics here in Bend. I hope you listen to her interview as well. She has a lot of wonderful insights, especially knowing the history of Bend as well as she does. Here's a little clip from Dr. Blair. We mm. got out and we enjoyed life um, because life is short. And so, you know, I don't want to get to the end of all of this and feel like I just, I just spun my wheels all the time and never really um, took the time to enjoy. I could have done better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And finishing off the recap of 2014, of course, we were in uh, December at this time, and uh, I decided to interview a man of faith, um, partly because uh, during Christmas time is a Christian holiday, and I thought it only appropriate to tell the story of a man of the faith. His story uh, is of particular interest because he was a boy with no father growing up in a household of women and having to find his way to manhood. He tried running away. He tried every path that led to nothing, that led to a dead end. Finally found his calling uh, in the faith. And he has not only become a a pastor at a local church, but he's also become an evangelist uh, traveling throughout the world and has reached, uh, if there's such a thing, the higher echelons of pastorhood and evangelism that he has spent time with Uh, Rick Warren and spent time with Billy Graham and other notable people in that profession. Uh, This next interview is with Mike Silva of Mike Silva International. And um, and so I, I just hope that as people listen today, that if there's somebody like that listening to this, to us today, they'll be encouraged. And I would like to give a message to them, uh, Jeremy, if it's okay. And it's this: I probably don't even know you, but you are valuable. And uh, and life, even though you have a thought that it may not be your dream picture, there is hope. There is light. Uh, there, there is hope and there is light. And I would just want to encourage folks with that message today. Don't give up. Hang on. Uh, you're going to be okay. And that was the recap of our year in 2014 of the Good Life Central Oregon podcast. Uh, I'm hoping that these little uh, clips uh, of the interview and discussions about them will uh, tease you into going and listening to the podcast. I've put this podcast together partly for me, mostly for all of you. Again, for those people out there who are listening, you know, we we all fit into this category in some time, in some manner, but uh, sometimes we get stuck in the mud. Sometimes we need a toe out of it. Sometimes we just need a nudge. And these stories are intended to do that, intended to be that toe, intended to be that nudge. And I hope when you're listening to these that uh, you will take these insights that these these guests provide and apply them and do something worthwhile. And I would ask you to give me some feedback. If you know someone who you would love for me to interview and put on this podcast, please let me know. You can get a hold of me uh, via email at teamglco at gmail.com. That is my email for this podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd also ask you, uh, for those of you who are enjoying this and getting something out of this podcast, just ask you for two minutes of your time to either contact me via my uh, email at teamglco at gmail.com or to uh, go to iTunes and give me a review. I'd like to hear how I can improve this, how I can make this better, how I can make this more worth your while, more worth your time. Um, I've gotten some feedback from folks and I love it and I want to hear more. 
and looking forward to 2015. I can't wait to share some of the interviews that I already have recorded with you. We've already spoken with uh, an Olympian and, and some musicians, and, uh, and I have a bunch of people that I can't wait to talk to you and I can't wait to share with you. I'm looking forward to doing some new and bigger and better things for 2015. And this is your host of the Good Life Center Oregon podcast, Jeremy Storton. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. And here's to pursuing the good life by helping you pursue yours.